Welcome to another episode of the IAAP United and Accessibility Podcast. Today, we're excited to welcome two accessibility advocates who have made a significant impact in the field. With over 20 years of expertise, Susanna Lauren leads the initiative of the International Association of Accessibility Professionals for the European Union. In her role as Chief Research and Innovation Officer at Funka, she takes a central role in shaping and advancing accessibility standards within the digital space. Joining us is Alejandro Moledo del Rio, the Head of Policy at the European Disability Forum. With a decade of experience in disability rights, policy advocacy, and accessibility, Alejandro has been a driving force in EU advocacy efforts and campaigns within the European Parliament. Join us as we delve into the overlay statement of IAAP and EDF, exploring collaborative efforts in research, innovation, policy, and standards to enhance digital accessibility. Hello everyone, my name is Susanna Loring. I'm the IAAP representative to the EU. That doesn't mean that I run the EU, but it means that I try to support our members in everything that has to do with the harmonization of standards and legislation that we do uh, in a common way in all the EU member states. So I'm here today speaking to Alejandro Moledo, uh, who is the Deputy Director and Head of Policy at the European Disability Forum, which is the umbrella organization of all the umbrella organizations for disabled people in Europe. And we have with the IWP EU and EDF, we have a very strong relationship. We are doing collaborations on events and, and many things working together, obviously, because we think the industry and the end users need to jointly um, things to make sure that accessibility works for everyone. And one of the things that we did um, this spring was to publish a statement on overlays together. So that is what we are going to talk about today. So we have a very short time, but the overlay term is a little bit difficult sometimes, and it covers many different types of technologies. Um, and we are aware of that, but we will kind of signify this by talking about overlays generally in this session. And in the statement, uh, you can see more how we define what, what we think the overlay technology is about. Essentially, it can provide settings for users to get more of different kinds of, of ways to get the uh, information presented on the website, but it can also aim to fix the code of the website and many things in between. So digital accessibility requires that different roles and people who are working on website and apps, that they all kind of commit to accessibility, understand the standards and do loads of things. And this can be both complex and cumbersome. So I do understand that if somebody calls and say, hey, we have a one click solution for you that will kind of solve everything. I really do understand that this is easy to say yes to. But there are a numbers of things that everyone needs to think about before making that decision. So Alejandro, if you start out with the end user perspective of uh, overlays, what would you say is the most, most important thing from your perspective? Well, thanks a lot, Susanna. Well, actually, there are some users and some organizations uh, that um, find and appreciate uh, certain overlays. So people with uh, reading uh, disabilities, for example, find it sometimes um, useful to have such a tool uh, built in the, in the website because maybe they struggle to get the, the suitable assistive technology that they need. But the truth is that most of the features that these overlays uh, provide are already built in in the, in the browsers that we use and in the operating system. 
systems that we use. So it's also a matter of uh, raising awareness about what possibilities and accessibility features we already have at hand to make uh, content more accessible to us. So the, the fact that overlays uh, and certain overlays companies are, as you mentioned, like selling like a magical button to fix uh, the accessibility of a website is like uh, putting a, a band aid on a broken bone. It will not solve the, the issue. And actually what is most worrying uh, is that sometimes certain overlays can break the accessibility of a website for certain users as well. So certain users of assistive technologies, for example. So that is why we stress uh, in our statement that the website owners uh, need to understand that uh, this will not fix the, the accessibility of their website and that uh, what are the limitations of, of such tools. And then if they want to procure those tools, they need to check also with the community, with persons with disabilities, whether this is actually useful or not. Yes, thank you. You, you mentioned quite a few points there <laughs> that are, of course, extremely important uh, and also from our perspective. It is true that quite a few users, and we see that in our research as well, um, that the users don't know what, what the browser can do and do not use all the built-in features of accessibility. That is that is a common problem, not only for people with disabilities, but I think all of us. Like I, Somebody told me that I probably use 5% of what my computer can actually provide. So, And that I think there's something to it that many users do not know of these features and so on. So, so of course, that is a, a gap we need to bridge. But I think one of the problems and the reason why the overlay still isn't really the answer to that is that that makes me, I have that I need to fix the accessibility for me on each and every website and the products are not even standardized. So if I need, I need magnification. And if I do that via the browser or via an assistive technology, that brings me the same um, support on everything I do. But if I need to, to go fix that on each website, that's not the way accessibility is supposed to work. And it also puts the responsibility of kind of fixing accessibility on the user instead of the website owner. And I guess that EDF also has some kind of opinion about that. Exactly. It's like uh, you need to sort out your, your own problems and, and the responsibilities out of our hands. No, that's, that's indeed not correct. It's putting the burden on the users. And indeed, when you, when you serve the, the web, you don't, you, you don't expect to have such uh, tools in every single website and you need to set it up in every single website. No, you use your own assistive technology and your uh, user agent, your browser, which you have uh, personalized to your needs and your requirements. So this is how you navigate, but this is lack of uh, understanding and awareness of the, the the peculiarities and the huge diversity that, that we have in the in the disability uh, community. And this reminds me of a funny anecdote that we were when we were discussing the the Web Accessibility Directive is one of the main European legislation uh, concerning accessibility for the public sector, mostly on website and mobile applications. Once a policymaker asked me whether instead of focusing on the website why don't we make the browsers accessible and then that's it, that we solve all the problems? <laughs> because there are less browsers than websites in the in the world. So maybe if we focus on the browser, we will solve the accessibility issue. Now, this is not obviously how it works. And uh, this is uh, also a mission for us, for the accessibility uh, and the disability community to, to raise awareness and, and explain how, how this should be fixed. The International Association of Accessibility Professionals currently offers six certifications. IAAP certifications are indicators of your commitment to the accessibility profession, industry, and community. 
view the certification overview page on our website to learn more. But it is a brilliant idea. <laughs> I still think. <laughs> I remember it, and I, I still think it's brilliant. And we should. I mean, if we had legislation focusing on that and the content management systems instead, we would have. I mean, we could all retire and kind of. Have a nice holiday instead. So, um, but from IWP's point of view, and I know that that EDF shares this. I mean, we don't want to put a lid on innovation. We are happy that that the companies out there, small and large, are trying their best to do new things and using AI and other technology, emerging technologies, to to solve accessibility problems. And I personally think it's uh, we're in a fantastic um, situation right now where a lot of really really positive things are happening. And I just wanted to to make sure that we also state that in this in this little chat that that we are not kind of against these things, but we we just want them to be responsible and and that it's important for everyone who develops products and services and also who procures and, and buy products and services to really test with users. So I don't know if you want to want to say something about that. Just to to stress that again, that uh, the nothing about us without us also applies for for those uh, innovative uh, practice and solutions that will be coming up in the, the in the near future. And definitely, it's not that we are against uh, certain uses of uh, artificial intelligence, for example, that are enhancing accessibility and making uh, the creation of accessibility content sometimes easier and uh, and and with more quality. But uh, we are not still yet, uh, yet there, and um, we, as, as as long as the the innovators kind of uh, reach out and uh, involve meaningfully involve uh, users with disabilities, we we will know that those solutions are actually fit for purpose. Because sometimes, you know, a great um, you know entrepreneur has a great idea, and uh, he suddenly or she suddenly is the saver of fifty percent of the world's population. And again, it doesn't work like that. You need to involve the community. And I think that's where our uh, the joint work we do in IWP and EDF is really uh, useful because. Uh, IWP is kind of not the industry, but accessibility experts are in that uh, in this in our community, and EDF have the real experts, if you if you will, and the users who understand accessibility from the user perspective. And I think both of those legs are are really needed to for not only in standardization but also in in development and you know, of new products and services. So I think this is is, is a good marriage, is a win win for everyone. Um, another very important thing that happened when we published the statement and that we have also been doing um, after uh, after this is that we have got the uh, Parliament and the Commission on board and stating that uh, an accessibility overlay doesn't uh, make you compliant. And this, I think we need to uh, wrap up. Uh, so uh, I think the essence of this is that do good things and uh, do try new things and be innovative especially if you're trying something new or buying something new that nobody has tested before, then you need to test with users. And I think that most of the companies who provide um, overlays or other products and trying new things, that really looking at the standards is one of the most important things and then involve the users in that. That is kind of the key to, to success. And hopefully we will see much more innovation and fantastic new features out there that really support users in many different ways. Thank you very much. Do you want to continue the discussion from this podcast? 
members can access the Strategic Leader in Accessibility Community of Practice in our Member Connections platform. If you are not a member, please check our website for all IAAP membership benefits or email us at info at accessibilityassociation.org and we will be happy to talk about membership and help get you engaged.